0: The word of God is real. I said the word of God is real. The topic of the teaching today is revealing the speaker of the letter. Today's topic. Revealing the speaker of the letter. I've been in conversation with Holy Spirit for the past few months. Or perhaps he's been in conversation with me. About why Christians are not comprehending his existence. Nor experiencing the reality of his word. Hear me. I've been in conversation with Holy Spirit. And he's been in conversation with me as to why Christians they are not comprehending or never have understood the existence of God. Nor experienced the reality of the word that has been preached. So later in my conversation, I asked, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And how do I teach your people to understand, to know, and experience you in reality? He immediately responded, present me to them. And I'll unveil myself to them. He guided me every step of the way as to how to present him so that he may truly be seen, understood, acknowledged, conceived, properly revered, honored, so that we are able to live this new birth in which we were reborn again into the image of God. So understanding his existence and experiencing the reality of the word, we must first be, we must first, we are first required to put aside all theory and logical reasoning. Put that aside. And second, allow your thoughts to now be replaced by godly thoughts, the reality of the word. So I present to you the divine, true in God, the word, the written letter, the personality, the attributes, the character, the works, and the reality of the speaker of the letter. Knowledge and understanding of God's existence. Turn to Genesis 1.1. 1, 1, King James
1: it so reads in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth
0: in the beginning we've heard this in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth in I in In the beginning, which he was not the beginning. He put himself in what he created. He created the beginning. Hear me. He created the start, the first, the beginning. And he put himself in the beginning. Revelation twenty two thirteen. This is the, and I ventured out. This is the Orthodox Jewish Bible. Revelation
1: twenty two thirteen. It still reads, "I am the Aleph and the Tav, mm-hmm. Harishon the first, and Haakharon the last, Harisht." The beginning mm-hmm. and Hatachlit, the ultimate. Hear me.
0: He says, I am the first, the last, the beginning, the ultimate. There is no other besides me. John 1 1, King James Version. We are Being introduced to the knowledge and understanding of God's existence.
1: In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was
0: God. God put himself after he created the beginning. And the word. We're talking about the beginning. In the beginning. Hear it. First was the word, past, but it was present. And the word was with God, already been with God. And the word was God, already God. In the beginning, the word, he's saying, already existed. For God is the source from which all sources come from. Nothing was made without him. Hebrew 10, 16, Amplified. I'll go there, Minister Al. This is their agreement, the testament, the testament, covenant, that I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint, fix my laws upon their hearts, and I will inscribe them on their minds, on their innermost Thoughts in understanding. He's saying, I'm going to imprint myself on your heart. I'm going to fix myself on your heart. I'm going to inscribe myself on your heart. For he says in his word, those who come to me, must first believe that I exist. Hebrews 11.6. See, we need to understand what he's saying here. Who is he talking to? First of all, he's talking to a sect of Jews who already believe. He's talking to us who already believe. He's not talking to those who don't believe. He says, for those who come to me must first believe that I exist. Why would you say that to someone who already believes that you exist? See, we we were taught that we must believe that he is before we come to him. No, you're supposed to already came, but you don't believe that he exists. <sighs> See, these sect of Jews were being persecuted, those that believe. See, but when they were going through, they stopped. Believing that he exists. Okay. Like most of us. When you go through, this is what he is saying. When you come to me, you must first believe that I exist. Because if not, this is how you fall. And some fall and never get back up. He says, this is how some fall away. Yeah. Because what happened is this. The enemy, let me get, I'm, I'm, getting my, um, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to get there. And Hebrews eleven six 6, it says, and it's impossible to please. And to please means this, on the heart or the thought level. it is impossible to please on the heart or thought level of God without faith see it's impossible to please God without faith we see i'm introducing you to the existing one the existing one the word he's saying that to please me it has to be on my heart and thought level Without it, it's not faith. It has to be on my heart and thought level. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely, which means intensely, is disciplined, and they're seeking him. Because he said, if you seek me, you will find me. So what is the seeking? The seeking, pastor, is fine. And fine is the labor and study. Uh See, this is a different kind of study. It's to labor and study. We must believe that God is. What does that mean? We must believe that God is exactly who reveals himself to be. Uh, I'm going to say it again. God is. We must believe that God is. We must believe that God is exactly who his word reveals him to be. Under the Okay, we talked about them being, because the enemy does this. Under our most imminent threat of persecution, because this is what they were going through. When you have done all the right things, and you get persecuted, you, your problems come, your finances, all your, your, your illness, whatever. The devil comes too with your problems for you to doubt God. And he whispers in your ear, you repent of your sins and you trusted in God. But look what has happened to you. You repented of your sins and you trusted in God. But look what has happened to you now. Get you to look at your situation, your circumstance. If there was a God in heaven, he's still whispering. Because this is how people fall away. See, but you can never fall away something you've never been a part of. There was, if there were a God in heaven, he's still whispering, would he let you be treated this way? Why are you in so much pain? Why, I mean, why are you so upset? Why do you keep going through all these things you're going through? The question is, are we still listening? To believe in God as you conceive him to be. Hear this and hear this clearly because, wow, I had said this to someone when I I got, you know, my conversation with the Holy Spirit about even why, Lord, do you feel that they're not understanding your existence and experiencing the reality of your word? He says this because they only imagine me. They don't leave from imagination to the reality of the supernatural thoughts and will of God. The danger and not going beyond the imagination of God is this. Listen closely. To believe in God as you conceive him to be is to believe listen closely is to believe in an idol oh to imagine God only God is and you don't experience the reality of God and you conceive him the way that you want to be this is not what so many people are doing he said you you are receiving him as an idol as an idol God. A God of your own making and imagination. This is why he said don't add or take anything away from the word of God. You have now imagined the way that you said that he is to be. Believe in Believe in the God who reveals himself in his word only, yes. not in what you have made him to be. Okay. The prophet Jeremiah says this, Thou words were found, discovered, and I did eat, I devoured them. Yeah. Hear me, Pastor The prophet uh, Jeremiah says the words were found. Thy words were found. They were discovered because I was seeking the word. And I did eat. I devoured the word of God. Jeremiah 15, 16. The word. The word of God in Hebrew is Dabar. The root word of Dabar is. Is that which lies behind? Oh, See, I don't know. I know. I, I, oh, Holy Spirit, I love you. It's, I, I kept saying when I'm talking, it's like I'm, I move out my yeah. thoughts. I said, because there's something behind. Yeah. See, when I get. Oh. D A B A R. The bar is that which lies behind. And so, the bar is regarded as an extension of the speaker's personality. The bar is regarded as an extension of the speaker's personality. In this case, God. It's regarded as God. Another way Debar speaks of the very revelation of that individual. So, it speaks of the revelation of the individual. Thus, the Bible from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation twenty two twenty one 21 is the written revelation of the person, personality of the Lord Almighty. How precious is this living word. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The word of God was found. See, it was found, it was received, and then it was internalized. Oh, I'm going to help you out there for with, with those who don't know what to do with the word for real. Matter of fact, a lot of us don't. You know why? Because unless you did this study, none of us do. Because I didn't. New word for new life. <laughs> Thou words were found. What is the implication of Jeremiah finding God's word? Clearly, this phrase implies that he was seeking, he was being disciplined in God's word. See, so you got to be disciplined in God and his word. What happens is that we stop being disciplined in God's word because we get tired. We got, we're going through things, so we, we don't have to come to the gathering. We don't have to read the word of God. We don't have to pray because I'm, I'm not disciplined in the word, so I can't continue on. See, This is what allows you, God, to continue on, is that you, you have become disciplined in the word of God. Yeah, I, I, I see all that, but I, I have a greater sight that I'm seeing. And I'm pressing to the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He said, and I ate them. I devoured the word. And that means to internalize. To make a part of one's nature. By learning or unconscious assimilation. And I ate them. I devoured the word. It means to internalize, to make part of one's nature by learning or unconscious assimilation. That means to be, assimilation means to become similar to, to take into the mind thoroughly and understand, to take in and utilize as nourishment, to absorb into my system, to digest as my food. I know you like to eat every one of us. This is why he says not only taste and see, but he said, eat Jeremiah. said, I didn't only taste. He said, but I ate, I devoured the word of God. Because when I taste, it just tastes good. But when I eat the word, It's one thing when you go like, oh, let me taste your food. Oh, yes. No, but when I actually get my portion and I begin to feast on the word and devour the word of God. See, we have not been doing what prophet Jeremiah been doing. See, you've been just tasting. You you've been at a tasting, but you haven't been at the feast with the Lord. The the food of the Lord is the feast of the Lord is spread. We have not been there. Stop tasting the word and start devouring the word. It means to absorb into my system, digest as food. And the reason Jeremiah said he didn't just taste. Jeremiah didn't just taste the word. He said, but I ate the word, which suggests he chewed it. Mm -hmm. Or he meditated on the word. Meditate means chewed or chud. Thus he digests the living word and experienced a change in his heart as a result. In his heart, he internalized God's word and allowed their meaning to become a reality in his life. To renew his mind and order his steps. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah sought the word. He found the word. He ate the word. He experienced soul renewal from the word. He knew that what makes the difference is not how many times he had been through the word. But how many times in or how thoroughly the word went through him. Ah! Oh. 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 I got to see it again. Jeremiah sought the word. He found the word. He ate the word. He experienced a soul renewal from the word. He knew that what makes the difference is not how many times he has been through the word, flipping the pages, reading the word, flipping the pages. He said, he said, but it was how many times, you know, how thoroughly the word had been through him. This is why the Bible makes it so clear that chewing on the word, quote unquote, meditation, is a discipline. And meditation, the word becomes part of our innermost being, and that's where the Spirit does the transformation work. Wherever, whenever we eat God's word, we experience a sweetness. And what is that sweetness? Hope. Oh you caused me to hope and your word. Yeah. <laughs> food is a food that truly sustains us in a time of trial and temptation. See, during Hanukkah, I was I was looking at the bread and looking at everything on the table and, and, and the bread of life. Which that is. This is why he said, take it, eat, eat my body, because it's the bread of life. That is going to sustain you. It's not the, the holding of your husband when he hugs you or, or you he giving you words or encouragement. That's not what that's not what's gonna sustain you. He said, this living word, get inside this and devour it. He said, because in in trials and temptations, when we need this living bread, it's it's often probably usually, and when we humble ourselves in situations of our trials, that we come to understand that man does not live by bread alone. See by the things that you do in your job. See, it's the living bread, but manless by everything to perceive out of the mouth of the Lord, the Word. This is why we have to study. We have to. We're required more labor, becoming labor of love to labor to love. See, see, we don't want to labor in the Word. Becoming labor of love to a labor to love. (laughs) That laugh was funny. We have to when we're reading the word, studying the word, we are to observe. What is it saying? We are to we are to experience the interpretation of the word. Not that you interpret it, but experience. The word interpreting itself, what does it mean? So you ask, what does it mean? And then he begins to interpret himself. What it means? Application, how do I respond to what you just said? Come on. No, come on. I apply the word, I obey. Immediately I obey the word. So when you truly delight, take great pleasure in or experience in a high degree of satisfaction in the word. In the word. You will have a desire. See, what's not happening, we don't have a delight. When he says, delight yourself in the Lord, he is saying, take great pleasure and experience at a high degree of satisfaction of my word. Then you will have a desire, a craving, a thirst, he says, and a hunger. Come on, so, Come on Pastor. So, so you can tell who's been eating. Oh, yeah, Lord. Yes, The word, by the way they act. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This is why we... we Wait we, we, a minute, because when you eat it, you have life. You have life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all And right, then all you right. have it more abundantly. Yeah. See, that's why you get you be so loud and you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah. See, I don't care because I was I was at a ministry before to where I would twirl all the way out the row, come up the front, go back to the back, yeah. screaming. I mean, you gonna have to go move yourself because I will declare the greatness of God. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell who loves the word. There is an excitement. He says there is an excitement. There is an, a high degree of satisfaction. Yeah. Word. So this is why we look strange to yeah. believers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we Hold look on, strange believers. to believers because they're not devouring the word of God. They're only tasting the word. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is an outburst! Oh, yeah, no, the spirit—no, the spirit has something to say. And had you been thirsty, and had great satisfaction when you heard the word, oh, you would join in because there's a feast going on. So you have a desire, a craving. You should be craving the word. There shouldn't be a time that you don't want to come to the gathering. It should be a craving. I got to have it. I got to have it. I, I, I addict for the word of God. Got to have it. Hit, hit me up one. Hit me up one. You did it in the world. Oh, you did it in the world. You was craving it. You were craving it and was looking crazy. It had you looking a mess, a hot mess. But in the word of God, you don't want that fix no more. You don't want you don't want that crave, and you you don't want that. See, I started to snort, but I ain't you know. That want not my thing <laughs> anyway. Meditation is simply. Thought prolonged and directed to a single object. See, you won't think on God long enough, and he's not the single object of your affection. See, the object of your affection is your bills, your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your children. That's the object of your affection, your video games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you eating on the word? They sure do. 24 7. No special days out of the week. All throughout the week. They get to eat. So, meditation is simply thought prolonged and directed to a single object. Meditation is chewing. Meditation is aptly depicted by the cow's process of mastication. Okay? See, God does see. He has to give you something in, in the world that you can, can you know, com associate with the kingdom. Because the world seems to be our reality. Okay. So he's going to allow you to bring your reality beside his and so you can see the true reality. Amen. So again meditation is depicted by the cow's process of mastication, chewing. Meditation is the process of God's food for our soul. And we're going to talk about the cow's process, right? His how he digests food, because compared to how we should be digesting the Word of God. One might call it divine thought digestion, chewing upon a divine thought, deliberately and uh, diligently a process which enable which is enabled by the Spirit, our Sanctifier. He provides the vital here this, he provides the vital link between theory and action. Between God's word on paper and God's word in our life. Okay. What's mastic, what is mastication? It is the physical life of the cow. Meditation is the spiritual life of those creating the image of God. Okay. The cow has four stomachs, and it undergoes a special digestive system process to break down the tough and coarse food it eats. The word of God seemed to be real hard for us. So just compare this to what the cows, when they be eating the grass, is considered to be something tough and a coarse food? When the cow first eat, it chews the food just enough to swallow it. Sound like some of us. The unchewed food, because it's still something tough. Because we, you know, we, we feel like correction being, re- you know, reboot. You know, you know, the good, the good stuff. Amen. So that's the hard part that you, you know, you chewed up everything, but there's some hard stuff there. Okay. Okay. So when the cow first chews, it chews the food just enough to swallow it. The unchewed food travels to the first two stomachs where it is stored until later. Okay? Kay? When the cow is full from this eating process, it rests. Later, the cow coughs up bits of the unchewed food called crud and chews it completely. This is what we don't do. Okay. This time before swallowing it again. See, the crud then goes into the third and fourth stomach where it is fully digested. Some of this digested food enters the bloodstream and travels to, you know, the bag, the udder, and which is, uh, of course, you know, the whole process turns to milk while the rust goes towards the cow's nutrients. So the word, in this case we use ourselves. Is assimilated throughout mm-hmm. the system yeah, yeah. of the body. Yeah. When I hear it, I have to receive it. When I receive it, I have to conceive it. Mm-hmm. When I conceive it, I have to obey it to live it out. That's right. mm-hmm. See, we, we, we don't have the nutrients, so we don't have the endurance to live the life. Because we keep regurgitating the hard word. Take my body, eat of me. This is my blood, drink of me. Oh, you say a hard word. Many left. See, and this is what's still happening in the church when there's correction, when there's something in your life that's not aligned to the word of God, and we don't want to be told. We want to continue in our ways. Okay. see, but you won't develop and you'll continue to be a child in the kingdom. But in your mind, you think you should be a leader. You should be teaching by now. You should have a ministry by now. No, because you have not stayed or eaten the food that's necessary for your development. If you devour the word, you'll truly be transformed. Receiving his life. So being transformed means it has to change. You have to change your thinking. This is what we resist. You don't want to stop thinking the way that you've been thinking. Because you've taken ownership. And this is how you see God. And this is how you imagine him. And he said, This is how you now have created an idol. Oh, it's hard to swallow the truth, yeah. Mm? The scripture tells us that the only way we can do this, this constant renewal of our minds, we have to put off the garbage, which is our own thinking, and put on the mind of Christ. At the end of this teaching, I'm going to really tell you what the mind of Christ is. So we want to talk about some things in the mind of Christ. It is a seven, divine sevenfold process of thinking. So when you put on the mind of Christ, you're putting on his divine process of thinking. <laughs> That's actually bestowed upon you when you have said this in his prayer at the moment. So... Let us explore how to comprehend and understand the mind of, of Christ. Uh, Isaiah 11, one through 2. You can read whichever version you want. Amplified, uh, classic. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 11, 1 through 2.
1: All right, so reads. And there shall come forth a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, David's father, and a branch out of his roots shall grow and bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord.
0: Man, I guess I gotta do it now because that's what it is. I'll put it right back, Pastor. <laughs> the sevenfold Spirit of God creates the mind of Christ in us, like the Jewish menorah. This is the mind of Christ. Oh right. This is the mind of Christ. <laughs> Why should we celebrate Hanukkah? Because this is what we're lacking. We are lacking the mind of Christ. The divine sevenfold process thinking of God. It talks about his creation, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, creation, man, man. He talks about all this new then you're the new beginning perfection. You're completed now the new beginning. All of the see perfect perfection. See, the entire and as Pastor said, this is the sixty six books. Right? If this is the entirety of the word then it is the mind of Christ. The spirit of the Lord is like the trunk or the center core. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's why I was like, I am living Hanukkah. You guys... The Spirit of the Lord is like the trunk or the center core, and all other spiritual function branched out from it. It is the Holy Spirit's mission. And with our consent, so you have to give Holy Spirit the consent to have his mind. See, then and only then will the truth, the supernatural word of God, be produced. Pastor, you could just imagine what I was going through while you was teaching. I I, I didn't know what to do with myself. So, really, the sevenfold spirit of God. Let's go down the list. Seven again, the completion. Uh, (laughs) Yes, spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is the supernatural power source. See what I'm saying? He is the source from which all sources come from. It's a power source that creates God's thoughts in our heart. Spirit of wisdom is is actually the supernatural thoughts themselves. Spirit of understanding, it is the light of his thoughts. So, the Shemash, (laughs) the servant one, this is why he lights all of these. Because he is the light source of our thoughts, for this is the mind of Christ. (laughs) Spirit of counsel. It's an instruction for God to make godly choices. Spirit of strength. It's a supernatural ability to perform those thoughts in our lives. Now they're no longer your thoughts, but they're God's thoughts. And then he gives you the strength to now put his thoughts that's in your mind to live it out. The spirit of knowledge. Seeing God's thoughts manifest in our lives in action. Seeing God's thoughts. So I'm sitting there. Minister Al now is talking. We're talking about the word. Talking about. That's why I said, Pastor, I've been living Hanukkah from day one. And he's talking, and I, I happened to look over at him because I didn't feel like I was still here with him. And I could no longer see his frame, but I saw his frame. See, with God, everything is like a wheel in the middle of a wheel. What is not is. So this is how you say, okay, when you don't have, I do have. Right, Renee? We say that, but we don't see it. Correct? But you should. Because he has allowed you, because the mind of Christ Allows you with the spirit of counsel is the eyes that allows you to see. It allows you to see behind the word. See, it allows you to see behind your situation. It is the light that illuminates beyond darkness. Oh, y'all are not with me. He was in there with me, Pastor. the eyes, and so I'm looking at Minister Adam. I don't see him, but I see him. I no longer see the frame of him. I see his mind, and I'm telling him that, and he's looking at me like, you know, teacher, you be saying some weird stuff. I said, I said, man, I see your mind. I don't see your frame because. Our frame is what, you know, we that's our reality. That is what drives us. Is what drives you is what you can touch. But I was able to see, Terrence, what really drives you is what you can't touch, it's your mind. Oh, my Lord, we bless you. It allows you the spirit of knowledge. Allows you to see God's thoughts manifest in our lives and action. I was able to see God's thoughts. I was able to see God's mind. See, this is how we're able to look at a person and not see their flaws. The word, the light of the word of God, illuminates. And thank you, Jesus. I thank God, and it moves out of the way what I see now that I don't see. but So it enables me to see reality, what God has called you to be, which calls me now to love you. See, it sees the person in their, their struggle, Burda, I'm able to see you in your struggles and in your woes and in, in, your, in your incapabilities. But then I see there is a greater strength working inside of you. And it causes me now, Star, to love you even more because now I grieve with you. This one says, when you rejoice, I rejoice with you. And when you grieve, I grieve with you. My Lord. Fear the Lord is walking in God's love and truth, fleeing away from anything that would quench his spirit. See, We have to learn to walk in God's love and truth. He said, and flee away from anything that would bring anguish, grieve Holy Spirit. And what grieves Holy Spirit is what you don't see. It's your thoughts. Your thoughts have been grieving Holy Spirit. It's not your action. This is why he said when a, a man look upon another woman and asks his wife, he said, you've already sinned because it's your thoughts that drive you. Oh, we getting through here. Oh, we bless you, Lord God. Spirit of wisdom. See, that's the first function or operation of the mind of Christ. It's produced by the spirit of the Lord in us, which is the spirit of wisdom. It's God's supernatural thoughts that he has already placed in our hearts at our new birth. His thoughts are his words. His thoughts are his words. This is why you're supposed to hide his word. This is why David says, I have hid your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. I've hid your thoughts in my heart. My Lord, it's the foundation of our lives and the base upon which the rest of the spiritual house will be built. See, the spirit of wisdom is the first operation and function of God's mind. And that is what has built the spiritual house, this temple. See, you keep seeing it as a physical thing. It's a, a spiritual house that he has, has built. And he framed the world by the word that was spoken. Oh, okay. see as Proverbs 121 says, wisdom is just the entrance to the city. Oh. The opening of the gates. In other words, wisdom is just the first step. And to understanding, experiencing, and then and then having the knowledge of God, he said, "Wisdom is the interest to the city, in the city, of the gates." He said, "You're just this is your first step," because he says, "With all you're getting, get understanding, spirit of understanding." Isaiah eleven two says. It is the next function or operation by the Spirit of God giving us the mind of Christ is the Spirit of understanding. It's a supernatural revelation, his secret insights to his word. Secret insights. You're not surface. You really know how to maneuver in this world. You really know how when the enemy come on the scene, and you've already prepared a prayer that will annihilate him in his army. See, this is it. See, you have entered into the secret of the thoughts of God. Oh yeah, chewing, devouring the Word of God. Understanding simply means a putting together. This is why I, just as a teacher, this is why I love teaching. Because I love to research and I love to put together. I love to put together what God is saying and what he's not saying. See, that's excitement for me. He said understanding is putting together. Or a comprehending or a grasping of the word of God. The Spirit of God illuminates our hearts and gives us understanding and wisdom. other words, it turns on the lights for us. Turn on the lights for us. Turn on the mind of Christ for us. See, as we get understanding, what happens is this. The Word begins to be revealed to you, and when it's revealed to you, it exposes those things that you're dealing with. As we read the word of God, it is the spirit of understanding. See, this is why you still don't see that you're wrong. This is why you still can't receive correction and grow. He said, because (laughs) and grow. He says that. Because when you really understand my word, comprehend it, grasp it, take a hold of it, it will reveal and expose those things so that he can deal with them. When we don't read the word and the spirit of understanding is not allowed to operate, when you don't read the word, when you don't devour. I'm not just talking about tasting it. I'm talking about labor in the word. This is why you have to be trained in how to study, examine, scrutinize the word of God. So you learn how to properly devour the word of God. So you will have, and see, that's the next thing that has to happen. So we are exposed, and he then deals with that. Uh, if not, we, we won't allow the spirit of operation to operate in us. We won't be able to see. See, you won't be able to see and find your way. I'm confused. Um, you seeing people wrong. you misunderstanding people. See, you won't be able to find your way. you being misunderstood. you misunderstanding people. You won't be able to find your way. God loves us. Hosea 14, 14 says, people that do not understand shall fall. And this fall is a great fall. This fall, this is why you have to be careful that these, that the mind of Christ is operating inside of you. The divine sevenfold process, because if not... This is how you're not, your salvation won't be secured because you can't live out the mind of Christ. And you start to go off and worship idol gods. Mangle yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. Shorten it up for us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The mind of Christ, therefore, is simply a process by the Holy Spirit in which the Word of God in our hearts becomes a living reality in our lives. If the Word of God has not become a living reality in your life, this is mean that you haven't given place for Holy Spirit to influence and cause you to live the new life. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Simply stated, the mind of Christ is God's supernatural thoughts. And in this case, when you read it, logos produced in our lives by his supernatural power, Rhema. Should we choose not to renew our minds, we will quench God's spirit. Should you choose not to renew your mind, if you choose not to devour and eat up the word and labor in the word and scrutinize and examine the word of God, he said you will quench the Holy Spirit. And you will fall. See, and once again, his mind and his love will be blocked in your heart. See, this is why now it's difficult to love, this is why you're easily still offended. This is why you're bitter and can't seem to ever forgive because you have blocked the love and the mind of Christ. Because you have chosen not to renew your mind. See, there's a washing and cleansing when you, Discipline yourself to labor in the word. We're not talking about just read the word. I'm talking about labor in the word of God. Work the word of God in your life and with those you come in contact with. Labor in the word of God. But it hurts to say, I'm sorry. It hurts for me to come up and say, the whole time I've been in your face smiling and giving you a hug, I can't really stand how you praise. That's majority. That's majority. Oh, exposure. He said the word of God exposes. And God says, I will deal with you. See, God is is not playing with us. He has to be a reality in your life. Serve him or serve Baal. Pick a God and serve that God wholeheartedly. Because by default, if you're not completely serving God, 100% by default, you are serving Baal. You cannot serve both masters. This is why he says, don't when you give, don't give grudgingly. The purpose of the mind of Christ. The purpose of the mind of Christ in us is that we might know. That we might see and intimately experience the things freely given to us by God. See, and when you do that, he shall make him a quick learner of understanding. See, he does this by renewing your thinking because you're, you have the fear of the Lord. See, this is why he wanted us to forgive. That you would fear that you were walk in unforgiveness. That you would fear that you would be phony with people. That you would fear that you are not walk in love. He said, I will renew your thinking. Obedience renews your mind. And it says, and he shall not judge after the sight of his own eyes. Oh my Lord. Okay, we coming, we coming, we coming up the real. All right, let's go a little more into the sevenfold process of thinking. See, now this is now how the, the mind of Christ and how the sevenfold actually operates. One, the Spirit of God, who desires to impart He that part of the function of the branch. Desires to impart to us not only all of God's supernatural thoughts, his wisdom, but understanding of those thoughts and wisdom. The counsel as to which of those thoughts are appropriate for whatever situation. The strength to implement those thoughts in our life. Knowledge, seeing those thoughts manifest in our action. And lastly, the ability to walk out in the fear of the Lord and not fear man. By fleeing away, see when you fear man, you quench Holy Spirit. When you care about what your husband gonna say, what your wife gonna say, what your children when you tell them how this house is gonna live, he said you quench Holy Spirit. That's right. Give me a give me a sound of praise. Thank you, prophetess. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead with that one. That is true. Throughout the Bible, the spirit of the Lord is often referred to as the eyes. Or the mind of the Lord. Psalms 32 8, it validates this. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way in which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Yes. Yes. So the mind of Christ is a process by which the sevenfold Spirit of God becomes a reality again in our lives. Salvation occurs when the Lord lights. The candle of our spirit. Okay. Uh, he, does what? he lights the candle of our spirits. Okay. But we are only in able to see clearly as we allow God to give us his light through the mind of Christ. Okay. All right. We at the end. Spirit of counsel. Uh, that's the fourth function of the mind. Spirit of counsel. If God, it's God's personal instruction, His direction, to help us again to make good choices. The Old Testament word for counsel is Esau. means steerage or not letting us veer off course. Okay. The counsel. Of the spirit of God is steerage or not letting us veer off course, not letting us miss the mark. So this is how we miss the mark by not allowing the spirit of counsel to guide and direct. Mr. B did not speak about how he guides you, even in a conversation. And he gets you to move things out of the way because something is behind the word. Oh my Lord! And what's behind the word most of the time is a stronghold. Yeah. Yeah. And the word, the mind of God, sees it. Oh. That's why you know. Sometimes you may see me, and I'm, I get to lean to the side and. No, so for me, that's sometimes, that's how I hear. That's how I hear, it's a leaning. And then I'm like, then I see, I hear first, and then I see, wait, wait, a, minute. wait a minute, I hear you saying this. Adam, I think I was meeting with him. I said, I hear what you're saying, but I, I said, no, I actually did that. I said, I, I said, I need you to get all that out of the way. I said, can you, I said, now can we, can our meeting start? I think we talked about, what, a half an hour, 45 minutes? Yeah, and I'm like, we still haven't talked. Can you, can you please come present? I need to talk to you. See, but it ha- I had to have the mind of Christ to have the eye to see the stronghold that was behind the words. See, only God, He only knows, and He keeps us on, on the true course. He knows the true course. Last thing is waiting on God. Mm-hmm. Philippians, <laughs> <time to listen. laughs> Philippians two thirteen. Minister, you can go there. I think you just like, man, I'm up here. I need some <laughs> something else to read. <laughs> Sorry, I did, I did. I saw I saw behind it about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> and I said, "Wait on the Lord."
1: <laughs>
0: yes. It's
1: <laughs> so great. <sweet. laughs> Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight.
0: (laughs) Philippians 2.13, it actually tells us that God is in us. He's in us. To will. He's in us to do his will. He's not in us for you to do your will. Why are you still trying to do your will and you said that you have given your life up to Christ? You still don't what you want to do, when you want to do it. And get mad if someone Say, why aren't you here? God said that is his will that you be at the gathering. The will of man, that's one of the strongest forces. See to, will, see, to will his good pleasure, not yours. This means that God is in us to let us know what his will is for our particular situation. But see, you can't ever get out of your situation because you keep doing your will you can't seem to get out your situation because you keep doing your will God said I'm inside of you to do my will for your particular situation see oh, okay but you won't but you won't yield to his will see but he says here he says here see It's the it's the journey that's messing you up. The journey is messing, I mean, the journey is messing so many of us up. It it hurt. I mean, I'm I'm uncomfortable. I'm tired, I'm sleepy, I don't understand, they don't understand me. I mean, it is the journey is that's messing us up. It's a necessary journey. This is why you are to wait on God. He said, so I can will my good pleasure in your life. He said, the waiting on him is the secret. It's the secret. It's, of course, that we must wait for his counsel. See, we're not waiting for his counsel. See, you're still counseling yourself you still give advice to yourself. You're still guiding yourself as to what his will is. In Hebrew, to wait means to bind together by twisting. See, this is what's not happening. It's that we're not binding ourselves and twisting ourselves and the word to where nothing can pull me apart, not my situation, not my pain, not my aches, not my discomfort, not my lack of money, not, you know, failing health. I am bound to God. I'm twisted. We are one. Amen, Amen, Pastor. For the word of God is. For the word of God is. For the word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing the soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitude of your heart. The word. We, We think it's a person. But the word of God says, all of my scriptures, they're... I breathe those. And it's useful for teaching. It's useful for rebuking. It's useful for correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for a good work. See, you got to be equipped for a good work. You don't want to be trained. You don't want to be rebuked. You don't want to be corrected. That's why you can't do a good work. Okay. Okay. But you, gotta submit. you will have to submit to do a good work. He said the scripture, he said it was given to be taught, to correct, to bring rebuke, to bring growing up and development. He said this is to train you. See, we never want to be trained. Many of us, we have went out before our time. We didn't wait on God' counsel, God's counsel. And when you go out before God's counsel, you fall. And some fall and never... And are never able to come back because they can no longer see God. And what they see is an idol, which is themselves, which now they train themselves. They guide themselves. And this is, see, if you come into this place of thinking, Mr. Brown, you can no longer now teach the gospel or pass it on to your children. You can, Pastor, you can no longer teach the gospel or pass it on. And this is why they asked Jesus, teach us. Teach us how to pray. Father, why when we pray, the demon didn't come out? But fasting and prayer. See, we don't want to be trained. But God trained his disciples. He fully equipped them. Then he sent them out. No one wants to be trained. And you can be in church, I don't care, 20, 15 years. But if you have never become a student of the word, you have not been trained. And you're not equipped to handle the word of God. Those who are unfit to handle the word of God, they died. Because you're gonna you're gonna destroy someone's life because you're not properly trained. As if you were a doctor, Whitney, and you so you're not fully trained, and you think you're now better than the, the um on call doctor that is in, in, in the the heart doctor surgeon. And because you've been interning and watching, you you have stood with the best. Now you think you are the best. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you cost someone their life. Because you wouldn't wait until your skills mature. And this is what I'm trying to do with you all. You all have skills and gifts, but they have to be mature. So your life, your life first have to change. And then you can pass it on to others. Amen. Amen. Pray that the word of God has blessed your life. The incorruptible word of God has brought a change, an imminent change, to knowing the existence that God is not who you have said he is to be That's so good but who the word has revealed him to be he's alive He said devour, eat me digest me assimilate my character throughout you you now be the light of the world Amen